ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. Welcome into the Friday, February 28th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines. How do you do that? Well, it's real simple. It's 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste. Only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. we got a lot to get into. Let's talk mostly Marshall basketball. Last night, Thundering Herd fell once again at Bartow Arena. I tell you, I don't know what it is about that place. Is it cursed? What is going on? The Herd just can't win down there. UAB's a pretty athletic team, so that had something to do with it. UAB's a pretty good team, period, so that had something to do with it. And, of course, Marshall, even though I thought they were a better team than the one that went down a few weeks ago, I still got some work to do. So we'll get into all of that. Get your phone calls in as well. What happened last night in Conference USA? Well, uh, we're starting to get this thing put together. So group one action last night. Western Kentucky, they beat Louisiana Tech 95-91 in overtime. So that was a good game. If you were keeping an eye on games in Conference USA last night, that definitely was a great one to watch. North Texas defeated FIU 78-59. So that's what happened in Group 1. Now in Group 2, you know what happened to Marshall. The other game we were keeping an eye on, FAU defeated UTSA 80-78. So that's what happened. We'll break down the standings here in a second. But in that game against Louisiana Tech, Western Kentucky University junior guard Tavion Hollingsworth scored a career-high 43 points. That is good enough for ninth all-time in Conference USA history. Now, back on February 27, 2008, Robert McKiver did it for Houston versus Southern Miss. 52 points. And, of course, the bane of my existence, Javon Jackson, UTSA, did it back on January 31, 2019. He did it really well, 46 points. And, of course, here's one you probably want to forget. Back on February 2nd, 2019, Keaton Wallace, 45 points against the Herd. Yeah, I wanted to forget that one as well. So that's ninth all-time. Thankfully, Marshall is not on the receiving end of any more than that Keaton Wallace exhibition. I mean, it was just a Keaton Wallace show, show that day. Now, John Elmore, 44 points. Remember that? Last year against UTEP on January 31st of last year, he had 44 points. So at least Marshall is represented on this list. So that would make John, let's see, McKivers one, Jackson's two, Wallace, Culpepper, and Taylor, they're tied for that third spot. So John's tied for six. John is tied for six all-time and dropping points on a team in Conference USA. That was an amazing game last night. Marshall's game wasn't terrible. wasn't the way I would like to see the herd play, and we'll break it down statistically here in a minute. But what's Conference USA look like? Well, we know this. The good news is Marshall's going to the tournament. That's the good news. No worries here. This wasn't one of those life-or-death games. This wasn't must-win. Instead, this just would have helped Marshall put themselves in a better spot 
to have some longevity in the tournament. Now, North Texas on top in Group 1, they're 13-3. and Western Kentucky is second at 12-4. and Louisiana Tech, they're now third at 11-5. and Charlotte is fourth at 9-6. and And then FIU, they are fifth at 8-7. and UAB, by virtue of their win, they move to six. FAU gets a win. They move to seven. And Marshall, they drop to eighth. All these three teams have identical eight and eight records. UAB has the tiebreaker over Marshall. FAU, at the moment, has a tiebreaker over Marshall. Old Dominion comes in after Marshall at seven and eight. And then UTSA, they are 10th at six and nine. They can finish no lower than 10th. Now you have UTEP, Rice, Southern Miss, and Middle Tennessee all battling, trying to get those final two spots. Right now, it's a three-way tie record-wise between UTEP, Rice, and Southern Miss. All those teams have five and ten records. And then there's Middle Tennessee scratching, clawing, trying to get back into this thing. They are 3-12, and 12, but they won their last game. The good news for UTEP is UTEP is looking pretty good right now, at least as far as where they're trying to be. Rice and Southern Miss. I mean, Southern Miss-Rice, I don't know. It's going to be tough to try to decide which one of those teams is going to scratch through. I think if all these teams, I think UTEP probably makes the tournament. After that, I don't know which one to look at for Rice or Southern Miss, but not my concern there because, well, those teams will be playing the first day along with Marshall and Marshall's trying to get themselves to a spot where they're going to be a little bit higher, but I, I don't know if Marshall is going to make it. We'll see, though. Got a couple more games left. I'm going to be optimistic about this, but that's what it looks like as far as the conference standings are concerned. Uh, I think Rice UTEP. If I had to, if you had to pin me down, I want to say Rice and UTEP maybe make the tournament. Southern Miss, I thought might make the tournament, and Middle Tennessee. Unless something amazing happens here, I just don't see it. I don't see Southern Miss making the tournament. But, again, we got a few games left in this pod play, group play, bonus play situation. And thankfully for the Herd, Marshall doesn't have to play on Sunday. Sunday's schedule is going to be Western Kentucky at North Texas. FAU is going to be at Old Dominion. FIU is going to be at Charlotte. UAB is going to take on UTSA. Middle Tennessee is going to face off against Rice. And Southern Miss has got UTEP. Now, if you're going to try to figure out which teams win, you know, Western Kentucky, they're at North Texas. I don't know. I might give the nod to Western Kentucky here. Maybe. I might give them the nod. FAU at Old Dominion, I think I'm going to give FAU the nod there. And then FIU at Charlotte, you know, I'm feeling Charlotte in this one, so I'm going to give Charlotte the nod there. UAB definitely beats UTSA. I don't know. Can Middle beat Rice? I don't think so. So I'm going to go with Rice winning that one. And then, of course, I think Southern Miss and UTEP is going to be the interesting game in that Group 3. I'll give I'll give UTEP the nod. They're playing at UTEP. I'm going to give them the nod. Of course, these are my completely unscientific No basis for them picks, and do not take those to the bank. Do not go on your favorite sports betting app and use the promo code SWAN to bet on these games because I am not 100% sure 
So Marshall, when they get back home, and I believe they are now. They just got back. They traveled today, and they got back a while ago. So when they get back in the Camp Henderson Center going at it, they're going to have a couple of days to get ready for FAU. This will be, I don't want to say again, must win as far as seeding. We're just talking seeding here. Marshall's playing for seeding. But you're going to have to get this one. Marshall cannot falter. They've got to win this game. If not, they're not going to have a tiebreaker with FAU. And they're going to be looking at a situation where they're going to be dropping down a little bit further in the standings. And really, I'm not worried about that first day in Conference USA. It's that if they can get to the second day that I'm a little bit more concerned about. And, of course, we knew this was going to have to happen. You're going to have to play one of those top teams. You're in group two. Eventually, it's going to have to happen. You're going to have to do it. But I was kind of hoping to get Marshall in a better situation. Just you're going to have to play, though. But Marshall has been competitive with North Texas. Marshall, Louisiana Tech, okay. I feel good there. You know, FIU, Charlotte, I kind of feel good there. But those teams are going to have the advantage of a little bit more rest. Marshall, though, has to go to Texas to wrap this thing up. Marshall and UTSA. Then Marshall will be sticking around, getting ready for the tournament. Pretty much the the best thing they can do. The smartest thing, really. I just wish Conference USA could figure out a way to schedule these games so nobody has an inherent disadvantage. No. Everybody's got to travel. Everyone's got to travel. But look at that final day of games. UTEP's at Rice, so how much hardship's there in Texas? I mean, they're at Rice. Southern Miss is at Middle. Okay, not much hardship there. Western Kentucky's at FIU. Not too much hardship. Then you got Charlotte at Louisiana Tech. Okay, maybe it's a little bit more of a haul, but still, it's not like you're going... To Texas. And then Old Dominion's at UAB. Old Dominion, UAB. I think this schedule gives these teams maybe enough time. I don't know what some of the travel plans are going to be. I can't speak for the rest of the league, but Marshall's got to go to UTSA. And so instead of Marshall just coming back and then going back again, Marshall, I believe, is doing the right thing, the wise thing, just by sticking around in Texas and going on to the tournament, getting ready for Conference USA tournament get acclimated again because after all even though you play in it you kind of get get used to it every year you're playing inside a football practice facility you're playing in a very nice football practice facility a very pristine very well put together facility but still it's a football practice facility here and you gotta get acclimated to that just a little bit so We'll break this one down. We'll talk about what happened in the actual game itself. I'll get your phone calls in. Love to hear from you at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. We'll talk about some of the other things that are happening, a couple of softball results to tell you about as well. I've got an updated baseball schedule to get into, and we'll do all that later on the program. But we'll break down this Marshall game. I've got the stats in front of me. We'll look at them once again, talk about what happened, see if we can figure out what went wrong, where you can fix it, and your comments and phone calls coming up. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 
877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255, the number you want to be a part of the program, courtesy of Miller Lite. So let's break this one down. Marshall losing to UAB last night, 88-80. to What stands out to me looking at the score sheet? Number don't lie. Doesn't have the same ring as tape don't lie. Number don't lie. That's not going to get trending. I don't think I can get that trending on social media. We'll try our very best, but number don't lie. First of all, Marshall shot 29 of 67. How did Marshall do in that first half? Well, they shot 16 of 36. That was 44%. 7 of 15 from the three-point line. That was 47%. They only had five opportunities at the free-throw line, hit three of them, so that was 60%. Second half, less opportunities, less made baskets, 13 to 31 for 42%. Three-point shots, 5 of 14. Some of those could have went in. They looked like they were going in. 36% from the three-point line that second half. Few more opportunities from the free throw line, 7 of 13 for 54%. Put it all together, and the herd shot 43.3% from the field, 12 of 29 from three, 41.4% from the three point line, and 55.6% from the free throw line, 10 of 18. Now, how did UAB they get their 88? Well, Marshall had 67 shots. UAB had 64, and they hit 31. So that's not too terrible. But it's a competitive game, right? Well, here's some of the differences. Marshall, a lot better from the three-point line, 12 of 29. UAB was 4 of 11. So where did UAB start picking up points? Well, you look at that free throw line, and you think, okay, here's where it's UAB. And I'm not saying that it's hard for teams to go into Bartow and win, and I'm not saying that the refs seem to favor UAB. I'm not implying that, but boy, I can see why some would. 22 of 34 from the field is, or a free throw line, 22 of 34 from the free throw line is going to sink you every time if you're hitting only 10 of 18. So... They get the advantage there. I mean, rebounding, they out-rebound the herd 49-33, to and that's going to be another reason why UAB's got more opportunity. Even though they only shot 31-64, to Marshall actually had more shot attempts, but 49 rebounds, 17 fouls for UAB, 23 for the herd, 12 assists for UAB. Marshall had 17. 14 turnovers for UAB, 11 for Marshall. Three blocks defensively for Marshall. That's a big one right there. Only three. UAB just had one. And Marshall stole the ball 11 times. UAB stole it eight. So Marshall didn't get the blocks I like them to get. Turnovers, really not a factor here. Because if you look at really the hustle points, and this is where you can start breaking it down. Marshall only had 24 points in the paint. UAB had 26, and then Marshall was able to capitalize on turnover, so that's a plus in their favor. 23 points for Marshall compared to 13 for UAB. And then you got second-chance points, and really, if you look at the rebounds and you look at the second-chance points, it really didn't hurt the herd that bad. 10 second-chance points for Marshall, 12 for UAB. So really didn't capitalize. It could have been worse. UAB could have capitalized more on the second-chance opportunities, 
Fast break points, 4 nothing in favor of the Herd there. Okay, really not a factor. And then the bench scoring. This is where UAB was able to just use more and get more from their bench. 24 points from the bench compared to Marshall's 12. Now, you look at where Marshall got their offense from, I think this tells you the story. Andrew Taylor, 11 points. I like to see more out of him. But he did have six defensive rebounds. He had five assists. He had four steals, 32 minutes. I'd like to see more scoring from him, but four of 10, you got to work on that. Tavion Kenzie, 22 points. Nine of 19. He hit two of five from the three-point line. His free throws were 50%, two of four. He had three rebounds. He had four fouls because he was trying to do everything out there. Again, Tavion Kenzie's trying to do everything out there. He had seven assists, though, so it's not like he's keeping the ball. He's actually handing the ball off. But he had five turnovers. Turnovers are deadly. Turnovers are deadly. And then he had two steals. He's out there 40 minutes. I mean, maybe you sit him down here for a few minutes because, honestly, I think he's trying too hard. Five turnovers, I mean, that didn't lose you the game, but it didn't help you as well. And then Bennett had a great game, 17 points, 5 of 10 shooting, and he was 7 of 9 from the free throw line. That was good for him. He had six rebounds. He has to uh, sit down eventually with his fifth foul, but you got him out there for 29 minutes. That was good. And then Jansen Williams, he's out there for 16 minutes, four points. Four points for Jansen, 16 minutes, one of two for the night, and it was a three-point shooting fest for him, right? One of two. So he didn't get too many shots. He only had one made free throw out of four. He had two rebounds. Fifth foul came late, so he didn't foul out early, and he had one steal. Did not have a solid statistical night. And then Jared West, again, Jared's solid, 5 of 10, 14 points there. He hit four of his six three-point shots. He had four rebounds. He had two assists, only one turnover, a couple of steals. So... 36 minutes, you get 14 out of him, and then just everything disappears. I mean, Michael Byers had a better night than Jansen as far as statistics were concerned. Byers was 3 of 11, 1 of 7 from the three-point line. He had 7 points on 24 minutes of effort there, had 6 rebounds. He had 1 assist, couple of turnovers there, blocking a steal. So it's not a great stat line, but he was present and accounted for. And then Goran Milodinovic, 2 points. That's it. That's that's what you got here. And Darius George was not available for the game tonight. So all in all, the Thundering Herd had some opportunities here. The free throw line did not help them. Marshall, they got to get some consistency here. I mean, Jansen gives you four. Michael gives you seven. Marco gives you three. Tavion's out there trying to do everything with 22 points. And Jansen, I was hoping that his shot was back and he was going to hit a few more of those and he's out there for 16 minutes and if your shot's not going down then you're going to try to put someone else in there I mean you got to work on being consistent out there unfortunately for the Thundering Herd you go down to Bartow you lose once again all right um part of this uh, of our of our summer of education here uh, young Spencer Dupuy our student intern a sports broadcasting major from Marshall's vaunted 
elite broadcasting program. I'm building you up here. Don't blow it. What's your guess, Spencer? My analysis on this whole game as a whole is we you talked about bench points. That was the key difference when it comes to those point stats. Everything else was kind of Marshall either had a 10-point advantage or was close. Jansen got in foul trouble early. You got to have the production scoring-wise from off the bench to win that game. Jansen didn't play a lot because he got in foul trouble early. Dan took him out, and you got to get more scoring. I mean, Serenich had Serenich had three points, and Milodinovic had two points. You really need like five from each. If you got five from each, that would be a closer game. Obviously, I, you might even. That might have even been a tie. Well, no, that's not eight points. But still, it would be a closer game. If you got three more from one and two more from another, that's a closer game. When you have somebody that's forced to the bench that's a good shooter, at least coming back, now he's a good shooter, and you can't you can't replace him with somebody that's as good as him. But that's where the, where the herd lost it last night, in my opinion. I don't know if he's got it all back. He, his shot's a little bit better now, but I mean, you come off the bench, Byers gives you seven. He gives you seven. That's fine. Three of 11, though. He shot three of 11. I mean, Taylor shot four of 10. Four of 10 there. I mean, the shooting's got to be a little bit yeah, a little bit more consistent. I mean, three of seven from the three-point line, four of 10. And three of 11 from Byers, one of seven from the three-point line, one of seven. I mean, they shot 12 of 29, but they weren't helped by... Byers going one of seven. Marco, one of two. That's fine. Okay. Jansen was one of two. One of four from the free throw line. You got to hit those. You got to hit those there. And of course, you get 16 minutes out of him, but I'm not 100% convinced that he's 100% back. I mean, he's he's important. You got to have him be productive. You got to have him on the floor. But at the same time, you got to have guys like Byers come out and hit more. You got to have. Marco hit more. You got to have Gorin be a little bit more productive. Now, granted, you know, Marco's out there 12 minutes. Gorin's out there 10. So, Byers is out there 24 minutes. And you get seven points, three of 11. 24 minutes, seven points. He had that one game, and he's really only hit one or two shots every game and missed six or seven since he since that 24 point game. You got to depend on the bench. I mean, the bench has got to come out. I mean, look at the bench scoring 24 12 in favor of UAB. UAB had guys come off the bench, and it was a little bit more balanced for them, but they don't have a guy like Tavion who's scoring and trying too much because Tavion commits five turnovers, and I really think you take him off the floor just for a few minutes. Just take him off the floor for a few minutes and sit him down and say, look, quit trying too hard because it was forcing – I think at times he was trying to force the issue. And Tavion's going to get his points, and Tavion's going to make things happen. We know he can play. He's a baller. We get it. Take him off the floor just for a few minutes, not sitting him down to punish him. Just take him down, get him to look at the game for a couple minutes from the bench, and then get him back out there. Yeah, that was my thought. I didn't watch the whole game. I watched most of the game. But when I saw the stat sheet come into my email or like last night, I was like, 40 minutes, I like usually he's up around 36, 37. He's out for a little bit, just a breather, just to chill for a minute and, you know, watch from the sideline like you just said. And that was weird to me that, he, you know, 
I don't know how many times this season he's actually played a full 40 minutes, and I don't think it's that many. He's usually up 36, 37, 38. He's out for a little bit. Hurd's got to play better defensively as well. I mean, they came on. They had an opportunity. What they do difference? What What was the difference there? You didn't watch a game. I watched some of it. I okay, mean, so you you don't know like, what what did they do different? They were they were covering them. They were pressing. Yeah. They were playing a little bit more aggressive. I think this team can play defense. This team can go out and D. And yes, Jansen, you needed him, but when he was back out there, you didn't get much from him as well. And again, that goes to consistency. And it's not a knock on Jansen. It's just not going for him right now. He's out there working. He's out there. He wants to make it happen. There's just something that is holding him back. And it's not just, you know, the game didn't get lost because Jansen Williams was not on the floor. Jansen Williams is not the reason this game was lost. I mean, you look at the foul situation to a degree. And another thing, just to be fair, I don't know if the herd gets a fair shake. It's tough to go into Bartow. They seem to, I'm not saying the officials have a, a little protection racket going on there. It's not, it's not that, but you kind of look at it and you go, wow, UAB really gets a lot of calls. Maybe wish Marshall's home court advantage was that good. If Marshall had that UAB home court advantage you know, on a yearly basis, Marshall would be really good, really good, because I don't think anybody in Conference USA has a better home court advantage than UAB. And, of course, this is completely, totally unscientific, just – I'm with you. I'm with the. I'm with you. I know you see that. Hey, the fans say, "Oh, okay, you can't get a fair shake down there." What it is? Yeah, I'm with you tonight. I'm actually with you on that one. Because usually I try to avoid that argument that, "Oh, you can't get a fair shake down there. You can't get, um, you can't get a call to go your way." But there's just so many things you can look at this here. And of course, honestly, you got a couple more games. Maybe this is just a a blip. This is just a. A bump in the road, Marshall faced off against a, a good athletic team at their building. Marshall historically has had trouble in that building. You look at this one and go, okay, let's get ready for the next one. And that's coming up on Wednesday. And then they'll play on Saturday in Texas. And we'll have those games for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. All right, more on the way. We'll get your phone calls in as well. What do you think? What happened? You tell me, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. More on the way, it's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I wanted to go back and look a little bit at this foul situation for the herd. I just wanted to kind of see where it happened and I'm just looking at Marshall's fouls here and let's see I can go by first period and second period now in that first period Jansen gets a foul 15:35 on the clock that's foul one and then Jansen gets a foul 10-10 in the first that's foul two let's go to period number two 1908 Jansen Foul number three. 
in the second, start the second. And then Jansen gets foul number four with 7.31 in the second period. And then Jansen fouls out with 56 seconds to go in the contest. So he gets a quick one in that second half, and he's limited. You can't use him. So first half, you'd like to have seen more from him. Second half, he hits, gets hit. All right, he's, he's got to go sit. Bennett was pretty solid here. Yeah, Bennett gets one at 14.37, and then I, I don't see his name again. Then we got to go to the second period. So when did he get his second one? He got his second one with 15.13 on the clock in the second, and then he gets his third one at 4.29. Okay, I can live with all that because he gets his fourth one at 2.31, and then he fouls out with 44 seconds. I can live with that. I can live with that. But Jansen was not a factor in that second half. I mean, just to go back to what we were talking about, you know, and first half, I would like to see more of him, but the second half, you're limited. Get 2,000 in the first. I mean, you, you're not in dire straits yet, but you get that quick one in that second half, then you got a situation. So I just wanted to double-check those because, you know, we were talking about he had to get taken out early in that game, and you know, we look at where the fouls happen and what precipitated his not being available. And, of course, you didn't have Darius George as well. I mean, that hurt. That that did help because, I mean, that did help UAB. That hurt Marshall because there's another guy you can throw out there for a few minutes, and that did hurt. I don't know how much that would have been a difference, but there's another guy you can throw out there that can spell somebody for a few. Yes, you can speak, Spencer. Go ahead. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you definitely could even put him out there for Kinsey for a couple of minutes even. So he that really hurt. I don't, I don't know what was wrong with him. He might be sick or something, probably. I feel like it's going Well, around. Steve said, if you were listening to the game broadcast yesterday, Steve said he had something that didn't agree with him. Yeah. So it was – and that's fine. It happens. That happens. They're the best of us. Yeah, that happens completely. So it's not a situation where, you know, he just wasn't available because you know, he didn't want to play or anything. Or he did he, something dumb. Yeah, or yeah, exactly. I mean, if he did something dumb, yeah, then I'm like, I got an issue with it. But he, he just – didn't have a good meal. And that happens completely. You can't control that sometimes. Sometimes you get something that's not going to agree with you. Sometimes you get something that's not prepared well. It happens to all of us. But I, I think going back to your point, Spencer, and I'm not I'm not trying to argue with you. Maybe I am, but it's it's just that he gets that quick one in the second, and then that's when he's really limited. Yeah. I mean, but that point though, I want to see if he was able to make more of an impact. I need him to shoot. I mean, you're down eight going into the second half, or down six going into the second half. So you're really already in a hole at that point. They they got outscored by two in the second, and UAB led 48-42 in the first. You had some lead changes here. Marshall led by six at 13-31, and then... It was over. That was it. Unfortunately for the herd, they take the loss. Unfortunately for the herd, they're in a situation now where they've got to win the next couple to improve their standing. Because again, we're jockeying for standing position now here. That's what we're 
we're talking about here. It's not, oh, they got to win to get into the tournament. It's like, okay, we're jockeying for standings here because we're trying to, I don't want to say game it, but yeah, you're kind of you're trying to game it right now. You're trying to get the best seed possible. So you think you got a shot at running the table here because Marshall's got to play four games in the tournament to win. Or they go home. They don't have the luxury of starting out a day later. They got to play four. You got to play four to get to the NCAA tournament. So really, Marshall's got to win the final four to get to the tournament. They can lose the next two. They still go to the tournament, but they're going to have to then, at that point, win out. And so you want the best path possible. I mean, eventually you're going to have to play the best team that's left. You just don't want to play them early. You want to hopefully get a shot at them, you know, wear them down a little bit. And I think if you're at the edge of this group when it comes to conference seeding for the tournament, I think you're going to have to play one of them in this first round. I think I might be wrong, but I want. we were talking about this earlier at, the, at WMUL, and we're, uh, I think that was brought up. So you're going to have to play a team a third time. But you're eventually going to have to do that anyway. Yeah. Uh, for you know, it, it's going to happen just uh, depending on where you're bracketed at. But let's look at the standings again. And so, all right, who's going to play on day one from Group One? Well, that's going to be FIU. So FIU's the five seed. They'll get the 12 seed, which is Rice. UAB's the sixth seed. They're going to get the 11 seed in UTEP if I'm doing this right. Um, Florida Atlantic is going to get UTSA. Marshall's going to get Old Dominion right now. Yeah. Okay. We'll take that. I'll take a third shot at Old Dominion. I like the Herd's chances again against Old Dominion. Old Dominion might be like, yeah, we want a third shot at them. You know, I also like the Herd's chances on on Wednesday against FAU. FAU, I'm at I'm doing play by play for that game, so I've already started a little bit of prep, and they're they're a team that really doesn't block the ball much at all. Marshall, you know, usually has five six blocks a game, and you know I like Marshall's chances overall in that game coming up on next Wednesday. Well, if you said you didn't like Marshall's chances and you're doing the game, um, the fans might not appreciate you. I'm just saying. They don't appreciate me, but I'm trying to be a non-biased broadcaster here. I understand. I understand where you're coming from. He's a, he's a student, guys. Give him give him a break. <laughs> then there's just me. You know, I'll 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 tell you. You know, I'm um I'll tell you what I feel. I, I'm not calling the game. I'll tell you how I feel. No, no, I like Marshall's chances. I still do. And the group UAB though was a tough one. It was winnable, but it was a tough one. But Marshall can go in here home. Court advantage, beat FAU. Then they go on the road and they play UTSA. Can they beat UTSA? Can they do it? They'll have to. They want to have any positive momentum going into the tournament the following few days. But they're all winnable in this group. Even that UAB game, that UAB game was winnable. So you can say, hey, Marshall's got a chance here. And they have a legitimate chance. But can they go four days in the tournament? And if they have to go up against a North Texas, a Western Kentucky, or a Louisiana Tech a little early, then I don't know. I don't know because Western Kentucky's looking strong right now. I mean, Marshall and Louisiana Tech, I mean, can, can Lightning strike twice? I mean, North Texas, pretty good team. Charlotte FIU, we'll see. But 
you try to still get the best seed possible so you can have at least the best opportunity to make a run. The path of least resistance is what you're looking for here for the Thundering Herd. And right now, they're in a situation where, okay, I still think they can win on day one in the tournament. Then what does day two look like for them? But we're still talking about seeding here, and the tournament's just a few days away after that. And that's where where it really matters. All right, we're going to hit the break, come back, we're going to wrap it up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get you caught up on what's hell. What 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 else is happening today? Well, yes, softball. Welcome back to The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So, Marshall in game number... One, if I've got this right here, they uh, they played Delaware State today, and Marshall won eight nothing in game number one. Now, how'd they do in game number two? Well, they did okay. They won twelve to three in game number two, so they did okay. Um, Megan Smith, she's got that team looking okay. I mean, they're they're all right now with baseball. I hopefully. I hope we got the schedule right here this time because it's changed. So here's what we got. Marshall's now 1-6. They've got 1-8 Canisius this weekend. And it's going to be a couple of seven-inning games on Saturday. First pitch for the opening game set for noon. Then they're going to do a nine-inning traditional doubleheader. That'll be 10 a.m. on Sunday. And so that's what the schedule looks like. You've got seven-inning doubleheader noon on Saturday, and then you've got a nine-inning doubleheader 10 a.m. on Sunday. That is what Marshall baseball looks like. Canisius, they've already faced off against a team in West Virginia. They lost at West Virginia 15-8 on February 18th. So we'll see what happens for the Thundering Herd. But Marshall, I think, is... um, played a, a very strong schedule so far, and hopefully that's going to benefit them in the long run. But that's what it looks like as far as some of the Thundering Herd athletics, and there's some other things happening. Of course, you know coming up on Saturday, you've got Marshall women's basketball, so the Herd in action going to be senior day. Opportunity for you to go out and support the Marshall women's basketball team as this will be the last opportunity for you to see them on the home court unless they get into a postseason tournament. That is not named the NCAA. Also, you have got, I don't have a final on this yet, but, well, if you're hearing my voice and you wanted to go, you probably shouldn't. Marshall Tennis taking on Winthrop. That was earlier this afternoon. But here's what tomorrow looks like. Softball taking on Howard at noon. Baseball taking on Canisius at noon. Women's basketball taking on North Texas at 1 p.m. And then Softball will take on Norfolk State at 4 p.m. Baseball should be facing off against Canisius again at 3 p.m. And then on Sunday, it should be a little better for you as far as some opportunities there because, of course, you got baseball, you got tennis at 11 a.m. against the Miami Red Hawks. So that's what it looks like as far as the Thundering Herd concern for the upcoming schedule. And, of course, the best place to go check up on the schedule 
always is herdzone.com. Are you wanting to speak, Spencer? You're giving me the hand signals here. Again, this is what this intern's about, teaching you how to be a producer. You're so you're giving me the cutoff signal now. You you don't know I was giving you the one minute signal. Oh, you're giving me the one minute. Okay. I'm actually not used to that one. It's okay. No, no, it's it's good. It's good. This is what an internship is for. You know, you're not getting graded yet. You're actually just doing this like as prep for the internship. Actually, I'll give him credit. I'm gonna give Spencer credit here. Of course. He's got his duties at WMUL. He has got his classwork, which hopefully he's staying on top of. And he has got this internship coming up, and he's putting in some prep work now, so at least he doesn't walk in here in the next few weeks during the summer session and not know what's going on. Exactly. I'll I gotta, give you, I'll I give you credit. I've got to find the differences here. i give you credit. You'll have a good summer. I hope so. Transition here. Yeah, because you're going to have to actually produce the show and, and focus more on getting me guests instead of hot takes. All right. Yeah. I'll allow you a hot take now and then. Okay. Okay, but you know, you're going to focus on getting guests and answering the phones. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to rile some folks up to, to get you um, some phone action here. So we'll, um, we'll work on all of that when we... Come back for your true internship. All right. Um, we're going to do this again on Monday. I'll be at the Union Pub and Grill. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you missed any part of the show, and why would you do that? Well, you've got a safety valve. You've got the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast is where you'll find the drive. Don't forget, it's there maybe about 30 minutes after every show. Give or take. Depends on if I've got to go clean the edit up for Spencer Dupuis. I'm Paul Swan. This has been The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You can see it's Friday. We're just lounging around here. Good night, everybody. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.